program parameters. Player code established. Welcome to the program. A production of TheMetalRobot.com Nobody cares about the robot gimmick! Just start the fucking show already! Ugh. Humans are determined assholes. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Initializing post-playback. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. So apparently the satanic panic is back. Well, it's trending on Twitter, at least. It's a weird and possibly monumental thing, and there's more context, which I'll get into in our new segment for episode 31 today. Also, a special two-parter interview with Gone Mage, a grind-blackened Nintendo Core thing project about video games and his last album, Master of Disgust. In the Metal News Recap, the whole satanic panic thing I mentioned earlier and what it might have to do with the Pope, plus Michael Keane of The Faceless goes on a normal one, again. But coming up in a few short moments, we're going to get into some of that totally not helping with the satanic panic stuff black metal with Belfagor, plus more from this week's new releases. All this and more, so let's not waste much more time and let's get into the show. I'm Don McKay and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. The Metal Robot Podcast has begun. Yeah, this week has been uh, very interesting for sure, but don't worry, I'll cover it uh, coming up later in the show, so stay tuned for that. But welcome to the show. It's the first day of August, still hotter than if the sun did porn, but still a great time for some new metal releases, as we'll hear from last week's new releases. Seriously, not even joking. The four albums we've got tonight aren't perfect, but I'm hard-pressed to say there's anything genuinely bad about them. There's not a single bad album in this collection here. Now, of course, that's not everything that came out this week, but you know what? Shut up. If you have any albums, though, that you want me to cover on future episodes of the podcast, send me an email, tmckay at themetalrobot.com, or reach out on my socials, Facebook and Twitter at themetalrobot, Instagram at the.metalrobot. Be sure to use the hashtag metalrobotpodcast when you submit. Now, without further ado, let's take a look at what we've got. Now, who said the devil did not have the better music? Belphegor the Devils is a gut-ripping, head-slashing, evil-sounding good time. Though, to be fair, with black metal, what else were you expecting? Yeah, like, I'd be more shocked if we got church hymns at some point in an album called The Devils. Let's get into the good shit first. Holy crap, this is some heavy and dark-sounding music. Front to back, the entire instrumental section wastes no time in getting the dark and disturbing to the forefront, plus getting the metal part nailed down as much as possible with some dastardly guitar riffs and melodies, blasting drums, and some vicious-sounding vocals. Plus, how can I forget hearing some of those squealing solos? Yeah, this is some good shit. I mean, this may be one of the first albums pointed to when that satanic panic begins, but who cares? It's fucking sick. Now, it's not going to be for everybody. While it's not all same sounding throughout, these guys are great at breaking up monotony with the occasional ambient or quiet instruments and composing. But if that first clip immediately had you running for your bedside cross and Bible, then you're not going to enjoy this album at all for obvious reasons. But if you're already one of the initiated black metal fans, or even are open-minded, such as myself, there's a lot of great metal to get out of this. Speaking as someone who's not a die-hard black metal fan as well, I mean, I do enjoy myself some dark and disturbing black metal when it comes across my desk, but unless I'm looking to scare off a couple of Jehovah's Witnesses, I wouldn't immediately hit play in my downtime. But, black metal fans, you've got some great-sounding, thrashing, blasting, and gnarly black metal to add to your collection. 14 out of 15, go check it out, you sick bastards. Okay, what the hell kind of transition was that? The only on the Metal Robot Podcast do you get such a stark shift in musical experiences. That is the sound of Crystal Gate's latest album, Torment and Wonder, The Ways of the Lonely Ones, the cheesiest of cheese for symphonic metal you'll ever hear. (laughs) 
I call it cheesy, but this is actually some enjoyable symphonic metal. My Glorious Fall, Alive for the Journey, and Winter Ghost bring forth some of that power metal riffage and high soaring choruses. While the Stars Temple, make sure you don't forget the symphonic aspect of this band is still very prominent, with the big orchestra and choirs with sweeping scores that are synonymous with a fantasy movie. Plus, that soprano voice. Ooh. I know soprano vocals can be an acquired taste for some, but soprano vocals just ooze elegance and make the metal ten times more epic for some reason. I enjoyed this album. It's perfect for those who love cheesy power metal, but also love Epica. Actually, come to think of it, this is a lot like Epica, though if they took more power metal influence than Death and Thrash. Like, I legit can't tell if these guys are an Epica-influenced band, but if you put a Crystal Gate song next to a modern Epica track, would you be able to tell the difference? At first, it'd be hard for me to spot, at least. But that doesn't take away from the quality of the music. In fact, for some, it might be a massive plus if you don't want to wait for the Omega follow-up. If you're looking for some great, epic, cheesy, and operatic metal, Crystal Gates has your back throughout. Plus, with a 51-minute album length, it's not too long, nor is it too short. 13 out of 15, go check it out if you fancy. And we're back to the black metal. I swear, I swear, after this week, I know it seems like I picked mostly black metal albums to spite the overzealous morons out there. I didn't, of course, but I wouldn't be complaining if that works. Eosphorus from Fire Into Birth EP, proving once and for all, the Swedes know how to make a good metal record. Four tracks, 19 minutes, and one thing that sucks you in throughout is the flooded guts of melody throughout this record. Wormhole Death Records described these guys in a press release that they're melodic black metal, and listening through, it's hard to argue with that statement. Along with the pure black metal tremolos are some melodic chord progressions, hook-riddled melody lines and solos. Even the vocals sound melodic somehow. He's not really clean singing, but it sounds like if Rob Halford was performing Judas Priest songs by singing one note the entire time. It's screaming, but it still sounds like he's clean singing somehow. The grooves on songs like the title track and They Fall help with the catchiness. I wouldn't say you could play this on, say, pop radio. Well, actually, you could, though I'd save that card for when the layoffs start happening. But there's so much about this sound that, while black metal for sure, is written to keep your attention and give you something to latch onto besides... Now, I've always been of the mindset since I was a wee lassie that melodic black metal was in some form the gateway to the purebred stuff. Yes, I was totally thinking this since I was seven, which is years before I got into metal, and from fire into birth makes my point strongly. While this isn't a metal gateway, if you've already been listening to some form of metal already, you could listen to this EP and get acquainted with black metal in some form. Yes, it's not the same as the real deal, but who cares? It's as real as Varg's murder charges, so have at it. It is still melodic black metal, so if you've staved off the stuff as part of your metal vegan diet, then yeah, I wouldn't recommend this, but everybody else will be gorging on that shit like it's pork-laced candy. Actually, that sounds disgusting. Forget I said anything, 13 out of 15, go check it out. And finally, let's wrap up with some post-hardcore stuff. We've gone in multiple directions on this podcast, so let's land at a point that I'll like and the gatekeeper basement dwellers will fucking hate. Stick to your guns, Spectre. If you look up some of the other reviews of this album, you'll find people really are enjoying this, more or less enjoying this one, and yeah, I'm not breaking that trend anytime soon. Though I will say that album cover is a bit misleading. I thought I was going to get at least two or three pig squeals with a side of human sacrifice to match with it, not stuff like, my heart is a weapon. Ugh, fucking pussies. <laughs> nah, but this was good shit, though. Throughout the album has that punk rock energy with metal attitude in the performance. From stomping grooves, powerful shouts, and more catchy melodic choruses than your little metal heart can dream of. Plus, for any of you politically in tune folks out there, this is another one you actually might enjoy. Well, probably. It more depends on who you voted for the last election season. Uh, but lyrically, this is about as political as a bad religion song, and it's written as intelligently as well. 
Yeah, I've got no complaints here, honestly. It is still a post-hardcore record, so if you truly believe that any genre with core isn't metal and should stop calling itself metal, well, you've already skipped ahead of the podcast, so who cares what you think, but to those who stuck around, seriously, don't skimp out on this one. Yes, it is post-hardcore, but it's well-written and infectious throughout in almost every aspect you can think of, plus it's still heavy as hell. 14 out of 15, I really enjoyed it, and I think you might as well. And that's it for reviews. Like I said earlier, send your emails to teammckay at themetalrobot.com or reach out on my socials for any albums you would like covered on the podcast or on the main YouTube show. Coming up in the show, is the Satanic Panic coming back? In fact, what even was it in the first place? We'll get into that, but first, we'll talk to Gone Mage right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. Ever wanted to take Metal Robot interviews on the go, but had this happen? Dead? I charged this last night! For fuck's sakes! Ah! While we can't solve a bad phone battery, you can take the interviews you love with you wherever on MRP Throwbacks. Be sure to hit safe for when you want this on your evening drive to the venue. It's just something that I wanted to do for a long time, and then I bamboozled the government out of a ton of money and said, buy me this harp. MRP Throwbacks, only on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. 15 plus artists, multiple cultures, multiple languages, one almost unpronounceable name. What the fuck does it say? It's pronounced homoiousios. How? There's 20 O's. It's Latin. What'd you expect? The ultimate collaboration project of 2022. Homoiousios, a symphonic, death, blackened, thrashing, grooving core fest. What genres? You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome back. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. I'm Tom McKay. Con Mage is a project started by Galim Jim, or as we'll be calling him, Gary Brents, because it's much easier to pronounce Gary Brents. Also, I've been trying to say Glim Jim off the air just to make sure I pronounce it right, and I've now summoned 20 different demons from the abyss, and they're just making the living room their new home now. At least the cat likes them, but I don't know. They track a lot of soul dirt in there, and it's very stuffy and gets everywhere. <laughs> Sorry, Grandpa's Ashes. <clears throat> but Gone Mage joined us not too long ago to talk about his latest album, Master of Disgust. Now, what I was not aware of until about a week ago is that he has a new album coming out in September called Handheld Demise. Right now, that is set for release September 30th of this year, and he's already doing pre-orders for that album. I'll leave a link in the podcast description for that. So yeah, this interview is technically dated, but we have fun talking about the new album album, what the fuck is in Wario's hand in the album cover, as well as video game stuff. So here we go. This is part one with Gone Mage on the Metal Robot Podcast. Hello, Gary. How you doing? Hey, pretty good. Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a <laughs> long day for me, but hopefully it's not that long for you. Uh, so welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the Metal Robot Podcast. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself before we get any further here. Uh, who are you? Who the hell are you? And uh, what's <laughs> and uh, what are you a part of here? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me here. Uh, honored to be here. Um, my name is Gary Brents. Uh, been uh, kind of in the the music scene for a while. Uh, sort of uh, pretty much in the underground uh, metal scene. I've uh, been making music since oh gosh, um, roughly maybe two thousand four ish. Really seriously making music uh, starting in like two thousand eight uh, with my. Uh, I guess main project, uh, Car and Air. Uh, it's a two-man project. Uh, mm -hmm. Me and another guy, and we've been doing that um, pretty busy ever since then. Uh, yeah, about 2008. Um, and I, uh, I guess over the the course of that time, I've just been busy doing all kinds of projects. Uh, started a bunch of projects in the just in the past uh, handful of years. Uh, Salamoth, uh, which unfortunately I did end that project this year. Oh, um, yeah. Well, what was and, that one uh, like? Oh man, so that one was kind of, um, I guess you could say my spiritual uh, uh, tribute to like stuff like Edge of San early Edge of Sanity, like Dismember, um, and a little bit on the like kind of early atheist and like cynic side. Not mm -hmm. not as technical as them, but they were kind of just um, uh, on my mind as I created that project. It was a very conceptual project uh, set in space with like space moths and like a 
them versus androids kind of stuff. Uh, very ambitious kind of project, but I felt <laughs> that it had come to an end. And that kind of also brings me to uh, what I've been keeping myself busy with my other projects, um, notably uh, Homeskin, which is kind of a, a really weird raw black metal project. And then Gone Mage, of course, um, mm -hmm. which is uh, pretty hard to put a put one genre on it, but uh, a video game 8-bit chiptune sounds mixed with black metal, death metal kind of stuff going on. Um, a strange and fun project for sure. And uh, going to Gone Mage here, this is the project that yeah. we're here to talk about. Uh, when did that one start up? Yeah, so actually uh, almost exactly one year ago. Um, oh, so I this is a more recent project then. Yeah, yeah. I started it last April. Um, I didn't really tell anyone about it. And I just dropped like the first uh, the, the debut for that project uh, kind of out of nowhere uh, last May. Mm -hmm. And then I dropped another album in November and then um, a couple singles earlier this year. And then this upcoming uh, Master of Disgust EP that's coming out this Friday, uh, Friday the 13th. Well, by the time this podcast episode goes up, it'll <laughs> already be out. Uh, so by, if, for those who don't know, we pre-record these interviews. So it's going to be uh, by the time <laughs> you're hearing this, Guaranteed, it's already out, which you can check out in the podcast <laughs> description. Already. Uh, yeah. Timelines are funny like that. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but how did it start? Like, what what exactly was the uh, like the thought process behind? You know, chip tunes and black metal—they don't go together enough. What was right. the thought process behind that? Yeah. Um. So, so the birth of this project actually came from uh, my main project, Carnair. Mm. Our what. Well, one of our albums last year called Phase Out was that, was kind of a conceptual mix of that, although it was much more, uh, I would say, wildly all over the place uh, on mm -hmm. purpose. Kind of each, each song kind of sounded like a different uh, video game level. And I was like, you know what? I kind of want to make this a little bit more concise and, and uh, uh, what do you call it, expand upon that sound, but with a new project, uh, which is uh, how I created Gone Mage. So the, the root of it is just nostalgia for 90s video games uh, of all kinds, like RPGs and then obviously platformers, Mario, Wario Land, um, Kirby even. Um, and then um, mixing that with kind of my love for black metal and, and a little bit of death metal. Um, a very odd pairing, definitely, but uh, it, mm. it just kind of... Uh, it, I just had fun with it. That's kind of the bottom line, just having fun with it. Yeah, there's not too many uh, albums out there with this kind of style because you, you could find like many uh, alterations of black metal, grindcore, yeah. death metal. Not many Definitely. of them with chip tunes. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right. They do exist somewhere. I know that for yeah. sure. Because in like some dark corner of the internet somewhere, but they do exist. I do know this much, but I think this, yes. this is like the... Uh, this, as far as I know, this is the first one I'm covering on this podcast and on this channel. So uh, thank awesome. you for that. <laughs> hey, a pleasure, a pleasure for, to be here yeah, and, to, and to be covered for it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, and uh, as we as we, we discussed, like, yeah, your music is very video game based uh, yes. and with Gone Mage. So I guess my question is, how long have you been playing video games? Um, well, let's see. Uh, honestly, pretty much since the early 90s. Um, uh, I was born in 87, so I guess when I was like maybe five, six, um, started with kind of the tail end of Nintendo. And then I, I didn't really play it as much when I was a little kid that young. Mm -hmm. And then obviously then the Super Nintendo came out right around that corner. And that was kind of my first love of uh, video games and, and that console. And then kind of Sega Genesis, although I didn't own one, but my cousins did. And I enjoyed playing that more than my own Super Nintendo because they had you know, the bloodier graphics and stuff like that with like Mortal Kombat's uh, Sega Genesis port than the Super Nintendo one. Um, but yeah, so I guess pretty much ever since then. And were those your favorite games growing up or did you have specific ones you kept returning to? Um, I would I would definitely call, yeah, the first Mortal Kombat, one of them, uh, Street Fighter 2, and then stuff like Battletoads for sure. Um, and then in terms of like probably the the most influential ones on me and and perhaps even on Gone Mage, just stuff like Chrono Trigger, um, just the RPG aspect of it, um, and the, the fantasy uh, setting, which kind of, I've borrowed uh, that into Gone Mage's like, lore. Mm -hmm. um, and then, I guess even a little later than that on PlayStation, stuff like Star Ocean, Second Story, Xenogears, and then 
to an extent, Final Fantasy. Do you have any favorite games from the modern day? Like anything from like the Ooh. PlayStation 5, 4, or Xbox, or Switch era of video games? Yeah, yeah, no, great question. Um, so I don't have a PS5, but I do have a PS4. And I would mm. say... The, I mean, to be fair, PS5s are hard to, to get hands on. <laughs> yeah, so I'd yeah. be kind of amazed if you have one. It's like, excuse right. me. Okay, Richie McGee, Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm glad you asked. I, I would like one eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess um, modern, the uh, for modern games, the Uncharted series, I really love that. Series. Oh, um, before, before you continue, what did yeah. you think of the movie? Yeah, yeah. What did you think of the movie? I. I actually have not seen it yet. I've been meaning to really? watch it. Ha- have you seen it? I have seen it. I thought it was good, but then again, I'm a bad yeah. judge of character when it comes to movies, so I have no idea. I've heard the critics <laughs> weren't a big fan of it, but audience score oh, okay. was uh, not too shabby, I'd say. So oh, okay. who, well, who I mean, really knows? Hey. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, but yeah, I love the Uncharted series, uh, especially the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could I could go and replay those anytime and then just have just as much fun as the first go around. Um, and then another game that I really love on uh, PS4 was uh, Detroit Become Human. Oh God. Yeah. Have that? I have that not tried wild. that, but I know about it. I've heard so many it's, good things about it. It's amazing. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was following it kind of, or like the trailers for it, you know, before it came out and I was like, no, oh, this looks interesting. But then I forgot about it mm. uh, upon its initial release. And then I guess it was maybe two years ago, they, they uh, gave it away on the like PS plus uh, subscription. And I was right. like, oh, hey, this game, I didn't know that it was, you know, like that status of being a, you know, a free game on, on PS plus. And so instantly grabbed it and. And just kind of shit out into the world basically it's like oh yeah. okay this is here well, okay yeah. i was like wow um that game is like really story rich very methodical mm-hmm. like with uh the decision making that you can do and you can kind of just it's not as obviously action-based as like uncharted it's more just slow it down you're, you're following this narrative and then making these choices uh um, right but yeah love love those two probably those are probably my two favorite like kind of modern uh, games or, or series. Okay. I'm going to ask you a really tough question now because I'm kind of curious yeah. now, which, <laughs> which is better old games or new games? Oh man. I mean, that I know is... this is a metal podcast and games are not yeah, like yeah. with our jurisdiction, but I fuck <laughs> it. I don't care. This is my podcast. I want to know old or new. Yeah, yeah, man. That is a tough question. You know, for me, I will have to say new games. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of how far they've come. I know, I, I mean, I have a great respect and reverence for, for the old games and what they did. Um, but I think, I think the new games win it out for me. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's tough to say, but they do. Yeah. All right. So let's finally get back into the topic at hand after going <laughs> on a fucking circle jerk back around and round to master of know. disgust. Now, as yeah. I said, by the time the podcast mm-hmm. is out, Oh, it will have already been released. Um, but this album uh, features, uh, among other things, an album cover which has a roided out <laughs> Wario <laughs> just looking like the biggest Chad in video game history. Now, yeah. <laughs> who, who made that cover? Uh, who who uh, uh, put I it together? I did that myself. Really? Um, I, drew the pic- I drew the pixel out for it. It took about maybe, uh, honestly, about seven to eight hours to do it. <laughs> did it all in one go. And I was like, this is absolute insanity. Like, <laughs> make this the cover. <laughs> do you think, do you think it represents the album uh, perfectly or is this just like that? I could do this uh, for fun. I, I think it does. Um, there's another piece that I did that probably represents it a little better, uh, which I turned mm. into a t-shirt. It's kind of a, a picture of Wario uh, lording over like a, he's like kind of on a Game Boy screen. And I kind of made it to look like actual like Game Boy Mm-hmm. Uh, graphics like a still from a Game Boy game. That one probably could have been the cover too, maybe a little better. But I liked this one so much because it's simple. It's like you know black cover, and it kind of mimics the um, uh, the blasphemy album cover, uh, Fallen mm-hmm. Angel of Doom. Which I was like, you know what, I got to stick with that because this was my original uh, imagery or original aesthetic for the cover or for the whole idea. And I was like, yeah, I'll just have this be the cover, and the other one's going to be the T-shirt. <laughs> All right. And in, in the album cover, like what, what is he holding in his hand? Is that, I'm, I'm, it looks like a chicken drumstick, but I'm also yeah. scared to ask what it actually is. 
It's that's so funny. You're the first person to ask about that. I, I'm sure others have. <laughs> I don't, I, of I'm course, sure my brain's the first it. one to pick that out. It's like, what, what is, is that? that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it, you know, it does look like a chicken jump, drumstick, but it is. It, it's just a club, a club with nail or oh, really? On it, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I will say that I'm not an expert pixel artist. I, I absolutely love pixel I mean, art. You know, now that you point it out, though, yeah. it does. It, I am seeing. I am seeing the clubbiness of, yeah. <laughs> of this item. Yeah. Okay. But you know what? If someone wants it to be a drumstick with with spikes, you know what? Let it be that for them. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. If my dude, if my, if my chicken or Turkey drumstick has spikes (laughs) coming out of it, I'm skipping Thanksgiving dinner. I'm just saying that right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to immediately question the chef. Like, um, why? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, but what was was the inspiration behind You said you like just did a fucking like seven hour, like nonstop, like going to make this pixel art. What was the inspiration behind it? So, so leading up to it, um, before this whole EP, before, before I started even writing the music for it and, and, uh, uh the idea for it, you know, being Wario, uh, mm-hmm. Wario centric, um, I made a single, a Gone Mage single, uh, revolving around Luigi in, I think February. And it was just a single and it was just kind of a fun idea. And I was like, okay, this is fun. I, this is not going to be like an album or anything, just kind of a little thing to toss out there. And it was, um, I guess, I don't know, people were, were like, you should do Wario next. And I was like, hmm, that hmm. could be interesting. And it, it sort of just got me on the kick of like, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make it an actual, like, you know, not just one song, you know, make it a, a, a little release. Um, so immediately, you know, after that started swirling in my, in my brain, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm going to start start first with the the album cover i started making that first and then i made the music to go kind of to it oh that's interesting because i i can't yeah. speak for other people but i know most people in some instances will start with the music before they start yeah. coming up with the album cover but this time it was reversed yeah, yeah. i would say normally i i do kind of do the the music first and then obviously any art and aesthetics imagery merch comes last but this time it was like you know what i'm gonna do this first to to kind of paint a picture in my head while I'm writing and recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, you know, given what I heard from the album, uh, I, I, I would say you succeeded in that. Thanks. It definitely Thank painted you. the picture of that somehow of like yeah, a yeah. fucking like cannibalistic Wario. Sure. But it's like, nonetheless, I think going back to the drumstick though, seriously. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Part one of my interview with Gary Brents of Gone Mage. We'll have part two coming up later in the show where, we get into more about that last album master of discuss plus a quick tease for what is to be expected for that new upcoming album this september don't go anywhere we've got news of the week in a second right here on the metal robot podcast this week's metal news recap is brought to you by my sanity everything is so depressing why to stay up to date with the latest in the metal scene, check out TheMetalRobot.com for videos, reviews, press, and so much more. Now, back into the podcast. Presented by TheMetalRobot.com, this is MRP News. Oh boy, this news week was a lot of fun, wasn't it? You may have actually noticed as well, this new segment is much longer than the uh, previous new segments that we've done on this show. And that's for a good reason. I really had to talk about our main story that we just cannot avoid for obvious reasons. But first, some fun stuff. I never even got in as much as an apology from that motherfucker. You know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give any names. Why would I give him fame? Fuck him. Oh, wait, did I say fun stuff? Sorry, I meant Vince is a pussy stuff. That was the sound of Hanoi Rocks guitarist Andy McCoy on Artists on Record starring Attica Live talking about the death of his friend and band drummer Nicholas Razzle Dingley and calling out Motley Crue and specifically Vince Neil for causing it. Now, if you're sitting there going, wait, what the fuck? Vince Neil killed a guy? 
Well, to catch you up, in 1984, Vince and Razzle, which sounds like a 90s Saturday morning cartoon, I just realized, were in a car accident that killed the drummer and caused serious injuries and brain damage to two others in the car. And it's important to note that, big shocker moment, you might want to sit down for this one, Vince Neil was driving while fucking smashed. He was blowing, according to reports, a blood alcohol level of 0.17%. 0.17! For context, the current legal limit in the US is 0.08. Now, to be fair to Vince, back in 84, the legal limit was still at 0.15, but if you've done the math, 0.17 is still above that legal limit and, shocker, still fucking smashed! Anyways, so the point of this story is that nearly four decades later, Vince still hasn't apologized to Andy for killing his friend and colleague. And in fact, to make it worse, Andy says that's intentional. Every time he sees me, he runs away because he'll know what I'd do. But that's our business. What a pussy! Though, to be fair, if he can barely hold his own on stage, I doubt he'd survive a conversation with Andy fucking McCoy. Even if it's civil, Vince may be too drunk to discern a single word coming out of his mouth or really anybody's mouth. Jesus, Vince, get your shit together, man. So here's the funny one. Michael Keane of The Faceless has been through a lot in recent times. That's not the funny part. He lost the rest of his band back in 2018, showed up late for an anniversary show and only played a couple of songs from that album that they were celebrating despite promising a full playthrough. And also in that same year, Michael Keane had muscle spasms the day of a show, was rushed to the hospital, and rather than cancel the show in Winnipeg, Manitoba, the rest of the band had to play as a quartet without him. Needless to say, it's been rough for the guitarist, but apparently it's not getting better. Earlier this week, the Faceless were scheduled to headline LA's 1720, and 45 minutes after they were supposed to go on, Keen took to the stage with a thing to say. At least, that's what I think was happening. According to Metal Sucks, Michael Keen, instead of explaining why they're late, apologizing, and then starting to set up for the show, goes into a, quote, blithering, incoherent rant about how he had a neurological disorder and needed an MRI. Then, apparently, the band's former drummer went on stage and was practically begging Keen to get the band's shit set up and start the show, but when that failed, started playing a series of improvised drum fills so people wouldn't immediately sober up and remember, oh yeah, I gotta work at five, and then leave. Now, I'm describing this to you right now, but there was video of the event. The video came from metal vocalist Eli Arnold on his Instagram stories, where he later added in his stories, quote, I just ended up coming back home because it was like an hour and a half later and they still had not set up their instruments at all, with no explanation as to why it was taking so long. So yeah, didn't get to see the faceless tonight. Plus adding that the band did eventually go on, but he'd already been home for 10 minutes at that point. I have reached out to Eli for a comment and if he could possibly also send me the video that he posted to his stories so I could play some of it for you here on the podcast. And while he hasn't made a comment yet at the time of recording this, of what he was seeing and how it was going, he did tell me that he wasn't super comfortable sharing the videos because Keen allegedly messaged him blaming him for the metal suck article, which is bullshit. I mean, yes, Eli posted the video to his story, but Michael, Mikey, Michelangelo, you went on an elevated platform, stood before a sea of people nearly an hour late, and went on about some random shit that people were not questioning in the year of our Lord 2022, a time period where everybody and their toddlers have access to high-end filmography equipment in their pockets. Needless to say, I and probably everyone else has five bucks saying everyone else was recording that night. The only people you should be blaming, Mickey Bliss, is yourself for not being ready before the time you were supposed to go on, and instead of explaining why that was the case, went into a weird rant about stuff that people didn't care about. I mean, yes, it sucks that you have a neurological disorder, but instead of blaming people for filming you having a mental breakdown on stage, try to explain to people why you weren't setting up on time and why you were wasting the audience's time, which, to be fair, is a collective fault of the band, not just Michael. But 
As of recording this episode, neither Michael nor anyone else in the band have said anything to explain what happened, but if anything comes up, I'll be happy to let you know in the next episode. Okay, I'll make this one super quick, but there is an update to a story that took place earlier this month. Last night of the tour, we went all the way to the last fucking night, and then some pussy over on the stage next to us has to start playing while we're playing. How fucking pathetic, amateur piece of shit you are. Can we proceed now? Okay, so that was Dave Mustaine earlier this month on his period, I mean with Megadeth, at the Barcelona Rock Festival, absolutely berating a poor guitar tech working for Judas Priest for doing a line check at a stage next to theirs. At a festival where that shit will happen because it's their fucking job. That clip has sparked a lot of reactions from outrage at Dave for being the talent god stepping on the mere mortal of a guitar tech, to Megadeth fans going like, unless you've tried playing a full song at your local guitar center, you have no reason to talk shit. Well, joining the latter side is Dragon Force guitarist Herman Lee. Yeah, that's super annoying. It's like, I know your headliner, but still what I'm doing a show right now. I need to play. Whoa, whoops, wrong clip. <laughs> that's obviously not a great way to start. Um, how does it feel up there on your pedestal, thy musical man? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Now that, okay, that sounds bad, but he did give the Judas Priest crew, Judas Priest crew, what the fuck? He did give the Judas Priest crew the benefit of the doubt. I'm having heat stroke already. When he said this. I don't know what the situation is. I can understand in Judas Priest Camp's view, the crew is trying to do the best to make the best show for the fans to hear and for the musicians. But his main point of why he sides with Dave is still very clear. Look, I've done a lot of festivals, not as much as him, but it is super annoying when you're playing the show, you hear the other stage next door just doing the line check. You're supposed to have a silenced line check. You're not supposed to have amp blasting next door that you can hear while you're playing another guitar player, it become pretty annoying. Okay, I, I hear you, but that doesn't really excuse Dave's holier-than-thou dickish attitude here, does it? Now look, on the one hand, I get where he's coming from, especially as a musician with ADHD. I understand. I would be annoyed too, and I would get thrown off as well. But I don't care how annoyed you are at a guy doing his job, whether proper or not, the moment you call a guy a, uh, oh gosh, Dave, what did you call him again? Yeah, that is the moment the credibility of your complaint flies out the window faster than getting kicked out of Metallica. Like, dude, there's no excuse for that. Do better. All right, our main story this episode, as you've probably been waiting for, is the satanic panic. Now, that shouldn't sound like news, at least not in 2022, but as I briefly mentioned in the intro to this podcast, it began trending again earlier this week on Twitter. And that trend stemmed from one tweet that, according to Loudwire, may or may not have been related to the papal visit to Canada to apologize to the indigenous population for the residential school system, which... Uh, depending on who in the indigenous tribes you ask, it fucking sucked. But that's beside the point. The tweet posted by whoelbeckq underscore two, that's a hell of a name, read as follows. Quote, the satanic panic was largely justified and there actually was widespread abuse in the 80s, BTW. Extra, extra, read all about it. We have a dickwad with a hot take on the internet. Read all about it. Okay, A- How's the weather up there on your pedestal? And B, no, it fucking wasn't. It really was not justified at all. But regardless of that, the tweet has sparked massive debate on the tweeters about it. As of recording, it had well over 8,000 tweets related to the issue. Many, like me, saying that it wasn't justified, many saying that it was. And if you start looking, you'll find there are some who want to bring it back and do it right this time. Which, if those morons are serious, could be a potentially big deal if that mindset picks up steam. So tonight, while it's still kind of trending, I wanted to talk a bit about it. What it was, how it started, and why we shouldn't do it again. And let's start with what it was. Back in the 80s, a string of murders, abductions, and abuse of children, which turned out to be completely random, BTW, were believed to be connected to satanic cults, or 
one massive global organized cult, depending on who you asked. Now, that part of the conspiracy theory seems to have multiple starting points. During my research, I found two places people believed it originated. There's The Satan Seller, a memoir written by Mike Wernke, who claimed to have been a high priest in a satanic cult, and the one most experts actually point to, Michelle Remembers, written by Dr. Lawrence Pazder and his former patient and eventual wife, Michelle Smith. Now, that book, <laughs> let's pause for a moment to let that part sink in. Fuck. That's disgusting. That's real professional on your part, buddy. It really says something when trauma turns on your psychiatrist, doesn't it? Oh, get fucked, the guy's dead. So anyways, the book relied on recovered memory therapy to make claims about satanic abuse involving the titular Michelle. And if you've read those books, you know that they're riddled with stories of satanic cults doing some pretty fucked up shit. It's disturbing and disgusting and horrifying the stuff that you read, to the point that it feels like these stories just couldn't possibly be real, and that's because they weren't. It was bullshit. Yeah, both of them made it up. There's no evidence supporting Pastor and Smith's claims, and Wark was not only not a high priest in a satanic cult, he was never even in a satanic cult. But it took too long for people to catch on. While Michelle Remembers was quickly questioned by pastors, peers, and people who weren't thumping Bibles like a night at the Oscars, the Satan Seller stood as fact for most until 91. As a result, the conspiracy of satanic cults abusing, kidnapping, killing children stuck and spread across North America like hellfire. By the way, side tangent, just rule with me on this one, you can get both of those books, if you want a good laugh, on Amazon for way more money than anybody should be spending for conspiratorial bullshit. $46 for The Satan Seller? $133 for Michelle Remembers? Dude, there is a cheaper way to get a laugh out of something horrifying. Just become attuned to American politics. Like, just make a bowl of popcorn, sit down on the couch, turn on CNN or Fox News, and laugh at the fall of democracy like a normal person. But anyways, the conspiracy spread. Roughly 70% of Americans believed this was happening back then, and that wound up causing real problems. Which, in hindsight, it really shouldn't have, right? Like, if this were any other conspiracy theory, we'd be looking at it the same way we look at Flat Earthers, Moon Truthers, or those who believe the Illuminati created Call of Duty. Complete the mission, you're the only one left. But this conspiracy theory had three important ingredients that helped it spread. One was the rise of metal music and culture, a very important part to note, as well as Dungeons and Dragons and even the relatively new industry of daycares. Yes, this was a real thing. Two, the poster child was the devil in a nation where most Americans identified as Christian. Now, those two on their own would not be enough of a big deal. I mean, it's important to note, even if every Christian in the US believed this was real, it's not like they're going to go after innocent people on their own. Despite what you may have heard from the local black metal project your sister is a part of, most Christians are not idiots. But it was ingredient three that made it dangerous. Those who were more zealous than most happened to be in positions of power and influence, such as, but not limited to, news media, politics, and, this is where the dangerous aspect came in, lawyers, prosecutors, judges, and police officers. And if we've learned anything in today's society, when you give a gun and a badge to a dickhead, they start to think they're Will Smith in Bad Boys or at the Oscars. If there were any allegations of satanic ritual abuse in a time where satanic worship was feared to be prominent, overzealous cops will do anything to prove that it's real, including forcing false confessions. Add in prosecutors and judges dismissing evidence that would exonerate the innocent, focusing on what made them potentially satanic, usually their taste in music or literature, and you have a system that actively worked against you for being the outcast in your community. West Memphis 3, anybody? Now, things eventually kind of started to calm down after the FBI did a decade-long investigation and concluded in 92 that there was no evidence that this was happening. And while it didn't stop all the bullshit, it did at least make things somewhat calmer as time went on. But even so, the damage was done. Innocent people spent years, some decades, in prison. They lost their homes, their jobs, friends, family, everything for something they never did. 
for a conspiracy that turned out not to be true. So with that in mind, I would like to ask whoobeckq underscore two to look those people dead in the eyes and tell them that shit was justified. I want to see how that goes. Now, to be fair to whoobeckq underscore two, I'm not trying to downplay the level of fear that people had. It sounds stupid nowadays, but back then people were genuinely terrified that kids were getting killed in their backyard. But it's important to remember, that's the same for every time period, because humans, shocker, are monsters. I know this is the case, I work at a news station. I hear the good, the bad, and most often the ugly all the time. Bad people being bad is not generational, nor is it the work of satanic cults. So to whoelbeckq underscore two, let's get on the same fucking page here. The satanic panic wasn't about children getting abused sexually or physically. It just wasn't. If that was the case, sure, that could have been more justified. But it was about children getting abused sexually or physically in satanic rituals that were not happening and pushing the blame on innocent people either doing their jobs or just so happened to listen to the wrong music. To say the decade of panic was justified is saying that the prosecution of innocent people was justified, that putting away innocent people for, among other things, their taste in music is a slap in the face to the innocent lives that were ruined from decades in jail. I cannot even make a joke about how vile and unjustified that time was for innocent people just going on about their day. And we thought we had passed this, but lo and behold, trending on Twitter this week, we saw that some were not past it. Okay, I get it. It was bad, I hear you saying, but what's the big deal if some people are talking about bringing it back? We know they're crazy, so it's not like that could actually happen, right? Well, actually, it could happen. Nowadays, it might seem unlikely because we're in a time where people don't trust politicians or their own news stations, but what's concerning is that in 2022, people believe certain politicians that push their viewpoints, and many have a bad habit of believing everything they read on fucking Facebook without double-checking that it wasn't an Onion article. So if enough articles claiming of satanic rituals or even worse, acts that were done by metalheads, as some journalists have already been doing whenever there's a shooting, yeah, we could see history begin to repeat itself. I am mostly theorizing here, I hope to god I'm wrong, but as of right now, yeah, it's not exactly out of the question. And in fact, apparently some of you believe so too. I put out a poll on Twitter asking you if you believed we could see a Satanic Panic 2.0, and if so, if you're worried about it. And while half of the voters weren't concerned, all of the voters believed that it could return in some possibility in some form. And given the current conditions with social media and pent-up anger about the pandemic and unlikable politicians, I'm worried about what this new wave might look like if it does come. We will have to wait and see what happens going forward, but hopefully this will hopefully this will die in the pages of history. And that's it for this week's Metal News Recap. I know this segment was much longer than usual, uh, but I had to talk more about this and get it off my chest. It was very important. I could not avoid it. Now, I will be talking a bit more about this, uh, about the Satanic Panic history and potential future with Alan Cross of the Ongoing History of New Music podcast and radio show uh, from a journal of musicalthings.com coming up next week. The guy knows his shit, so I'm happy to bring him on for this. And also, if you have any questions for him, you want me to pass along to him for next week's episode, let me know. I'll be sure to do so. You can also check out TheMetalRobot.com for more news and press that can be found throughout the week. This is The Metal Robot Podcast. We'll be right back. The X-Men of New Orleans is back. No, no, wait, I meant in metal with a new song from Dust Prophet. Could you not have led with that? Sure, but then you wouldn't have done the contractually obligated scream that I can now use for exciting purposes. Watch. Dust Prophet have a new song. <laughs> Here's another one. The tent broke off, so they're giving away free beer to everyone. Yes. <laughs> I hate you. When the Axe Falls, new fuzzed out jam from the New Hampshire fuzz rockers Dust Prophet. Available on Bandcamp. Laid down in the podcast description. Thank <laughs> you. 
I want to say I understand, and yet... I'm hurt. If I wasn't rocking out so much, I'd be scared shitless. You broke my cheese meter 2.0. I wouldn't sleep on this one if you don't identify yourself as Petrucci Bud Pirates. Part MDM, part progressive, part blackened. Oh, fuck. This is not a thrash metal album. Thrashheads expecting a beer-infused fuckfest will have a heart attack. New installment of the fan-favorite series, 10 Second Purge. Only on Metal Robot Reviews. You're listening to... MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. That, my friends, was just a taste of that new album from Gun Mage Handheld Demise. The song was, wait, hold up, let me look at the notes here. Uh, Stairwell of Gore and the Faceless Apparition. Yeah, I'm not going to remember that title, uh, but we're back with Gone Mage to talk about the last album before this new one, Master of Disgust. If you haven't heard it, it is a fucking intense beast of an EP, featuring chiptunes, blast beats, and all-around filth for everybody to melt their brains to. Pro tip, have a bucket next to your head, that way you can collect the remains afterwards. Now, as mentioned earlier in the show, I never got around to talking about that new album because we recorded this back in mid-May when this new album was just a background piece to the story of Master of Disgust. Though, as you'll hear, he does tease handheld demise towards the end of the interview, so just a little foreshadowing of what's to come. But let's get into it. This is part two with Gun Mage on the Metal Robot Podcast. With the album's music, I think uh, in many ways, like the blending of the chiptunes with the black metal grindcore type of style... Mm. It was definitely something that I felt was very different from what I've heard before in black metal or even uh, sort of like 8-bit video game type music. Um, There are definitely going to be people, I think, uh, based on what I've seen from other similar styles out there, people Mm. are going to question whether or not the chiptune aspect blended well with the black metal aspect. Was that something that you were thinking about while you're making this? 100%. It was on my mind almost every second that I was making it. because I, I pretty much start everything kind of more on the, the typical metal recording, like drums, guitar, bass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. The song is done, like, like fundamentally. And I was like, now it's time to add, which is the most challenging part, is blending in all the electronic kind of chiptune sounds. Like, oh, God, this is it. honestly, it's kind of a nightmare, but a fun nightmare. Um, it was just racking my brain like, okay, I don't want too much of this, but I kind of, you know, it's neat, it needs to be heard. You need to tell that it's a video game, uh, you know, synthy sound. So that that was challenging, uh, blending it in. Um, in my mind, I think I did the best that I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, it was just all about having fun trying to blend the the two almost clashing genres together. Well, with that in mind, I do want to play a bit of an impromptu game with you, real quick. Uh, what what this Thanks. is basically? Which will? How will this survive? Uh, just metal, just chip tunes, or does it have to stay the same to survive? So I'm going to go through this, uh, your EP track by track. Yeah. There's five tracks. And I want you to tell me which way do you think it would survive the best with just the metal and no chip tune or just chip tune okay. in video game soundtrack with no metal. Or do you think it's perfect the way it is a masterpiece in the making? You ready? Okay. That, yeah. Ready. All right. So track one, master of disgust, which way do you think it's going to go? Ooh, you know, I think that one, because those, those, I, I wrote all these in order. So I think mm-hmm. that one, maybe, maybe the metal side, I think. Yeah. You think they'll survive better as a metal track? I think it would. Yeah. Are you able to go into detail as to why you think that is, though? I know this is yeah, super yeah. impromptu, so <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot here, but I, I'm kind of curious yeah. to know behind your reasoning. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Um, I, I think because I think the, the riffs carry it a lot, lot more than any of the video game sounds and you know it, it could just stand alone uh w- with the metal side in terms mm-hmm. of uh winning over like carrying over if someone were to listen to it and you know somehow they magically ignored any of the video game stuff it would win out as a metal song i think okay uh mega toss into crips metal or chiptune oh man that is a tough one um i actually think that one is perfect in terms of uh, the balance of the blending of the two, mainly because I think I 
I tried to kind of massage the chiptune into it, kind of baked in. <laughs> Whereas instead of just stacking, like on the first song, I, I kind of stacked it on top of stuff. But I think this one, I did a like way better, cleaner job of massaging it into the metal. So I think it is a perfect synthesis of the two. I hope, or at least, yeah, I think. <laughs> All right. Next one, WarioWare, Possessed Console. I mean, the title, I think, already gives me my answer, but what about yours? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, you know... <laughs> I think that this one, probably the chiptune aspects of it, um, I think it is a little more dominant uh, mm -hmm. in this song. And it could it could definitely swing that way, I think. Yeah. It's also a six-minute song, so I feel like you'd be able sure. to put that on the background while while playing Wario uh, or any of the Mario Saga games, and you'd be just yeah. fine. <laughs> you'd be just fine. Hey, thank you. Yeah, I agree. Sure, even, I agree. It's, actually, if you play, even if you like play it, like, in the background of like the fucking Mario Sonic Olympics, I think you'll do just as well. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Oh yeah. With the, the speed of that game too. Someone needs to test that, that too. Like, can we get, the, can we get someone to test that? Someone do it. <laughs> someone please do it. Yeah. If you can, if you can get that tested. I'll send you the files and you, you just the, the, yeah. Aspect. Yeah. Remix or, you know, remix it. Yeah. <laughs> Demon head and the reign of stench metal or chip tune. Um, man, this one, I think this one is kind of a perfect blend as well as, mm. uh, as, as Megatoss. Um, I, I could see parts of it maybe swinging over more into the metal side. Um, but I think this one, I did a pretty good job of blending the two. We got two blends. We got one straight, one better metal, one better chip tune yeah. and two blends. Let's see if foul portal to delirium might or may not tie things up. We will rate in anticipation. Drum roll, please. Which one will it be? That one will have to be chiptune. Uh, mm. I mean, it's predominantly all chiptune on that last one. Um, obviously, the drum, the the drum patterns or the drum writing of it is is metal centric. But I use kind of the chiptune drum sound for it instead of the 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 metal drum sound. So yeah, that one that one wins out as the the more chiptune. Uh, of the of the song amazing we have a tie between chiptune <laughs> and and blended together that is not the result i was expecting i'll be completely honest but uh, i'm i'm all the while satisfied <laughs> hey awesome i i totally planned that <laughs> yeah, you, totally <laughs> <laughs> you foresaw this outcome <laughs> from the very uh, beginning from the so, beginning. all right so uh what during this entire conversation i was alluding to like other other uh styles out there that, that are similar to yours that style <laughs> Is called it actually has a name. I'm not sure if you know it. It's called Nintendo Core, which I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How do you? How would you feel if someone out there in the world, definitely not me, because I'm scared. If Gone Mage was <laughs> was compared to Nintendo Core, what would you say about that? So I'll I'll preface it with uh, the previous material that I've done under Gone Mage would lean a little harder into that description um, fairly, not. Not like a hundred percent, but fairly. Mm -hmm. This release, I don't think so because it's like I think the predominantly just so like metal centric, like black metal, death metal centric, mm -hmm. with the chip tunes like baked in. Not necessarily the Nintendo Core kind of happy sound because it's. I always kind of view Nintendo Core more in the happy, almost positive side, and obviously still whimsical and fun, which. You know the master of because master of disgust is you know rooted and fun, but it you know has this kind of evil uh, maniacal edge to it. So I I don't think I would consider this one Nintendo Core, or I would disagree if someone would say that it is. And we got that guy out of the bag. That's good to know. So I'm just making sure no one's going to ask that question in the future. We've we've covered <laughs> yeah. it here. I've trademarked the question. Um, there you so. go. <laughs> with um this EP by the time this podcast is coming out already it's already been released by the time we're that we're getting this out into the world time um what, what is in the future for gone mage after this EP are you excited uh, are you uh, putting together projects down the line is there anything exciting that we can look out for yeah yeah um great question um so the next uh full length is coming out in uh September um and that one's kind of so soon it's or, yeah and I, i'm a busy guy <laughs> um, i don't that, stop that writing one, someone help i don't yeah <laughs> i'm possessed, the, you know, possessed <laughs> by the warrior wear console um 
I haven't oh, seen yeah, the that... sun in weeks. Ah. <laughs> hey, that that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> really? I was describing myself more than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of hunkered down a lot, writing, writing a lot of music. Um, but yeah, the, the next Gone Mage will be in September. Uh, that one will be a full length, uh, roughly 42 minutes-ish. It's it's musically all done right now. So I'm just waiting mm-hmm. for a couple loose ends. Um, and that one's going to be a little lengthier, like 42 minutes maybe. Um, and more on, I guess... Um, it, it kind of is a sequel to what came before uh, the Master of Disgust EP, uh, the, the previous uh, release, Sudden Deluge. Uh, so it's a sequel of that album's sound. So it, it, to be honest, it does not sound anything really like Master of Disgust, except the chiptune aspects and like, you know, some more of the the black metal uh, elements. It's not really heavy as like Master of Disgust is. Um, with that in mind, I am working on another album which will be next year (laughs) and that one is sort of taking this master of disgust sound to to a further uh, full-length sound Mm -hmm. so i've kind of got my hand in different places um just constantly writing um sort of just how my brain works i have to i have to put my hand in a lot of different things and for your other project uh what was it called again uh um so we have a full-length coming out in July, uh, July 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, honestly, is also kind of more on the kind of black metal chiptune, more grindcore kind of sound. Um, perhaps even someone could say that one is Nintendo core accurately, um, but it's more kind of frenzied, more, uh, mm-hmm. more spastic, I would say. Um, so that's coming in July. Um, so far, I think that's all that's slated. Uh, at least for like this year and and my my idea for for another gone mage next year. And uh, one last question. I will my the usual last question I always ask my guests is if you could be any cereal box character who would you be? But I don't think that question would be appropriate here. I think <laughs> we need to switch gears here. If you could okay. be any classic video game character, who would you be? Oh, that's a wow, that's yeah, that's a great question. Um it's going to be Kirby. Kirby <laughs> It's going to be Kirby. Kirby's so flexible, you know, absorbing many different powers uh, or abilities and, and using them um, or mimicking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be really fun and being able to, I guess, puff air and, and float. Uh, right. Yeah. Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> I am. You know, OK. Yeah. I see. How, about how about. Yeah. How about. You? How about me? Oh, God. Yeah maybe Metroid. But then again, that I, I know oh, people will be okay. like, but she's a woman. So what? <laughs> What's your right. point? My hair's already Metroid down to that point awesome. anyway. So who gives a shit, you know? You uh, yeah. But no, like, I think it's because like, it's either that or I'm looking at Sonic and I'm just like, the little furball? Ooh. No, I'm good. <laughs> so Sonic's pretty good. No, I, I love the Metroid choice. That'd be awesome too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sonic would be good, but uh, no, Metroid, I feel more connected spiritually with destroying monsters. Uh, and Sonic actually recently had the movies come out too. Have you seen the movies at all or no? I saw the first one and you know what? I was entertained. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I have not seen the second one yet, but I... I'll have to get around to it soon. Things actually turned out to be pretty good after working the animators to death after the, <laughs> the first trailer oh. came out. Remember oh, that? Holy man. shit. What was your thoughts on I the first that. iteration of Sonic? Um, Goofy. 100% goofy. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but you know what? I would have still watched it and probably laughed maybe a little more uh, just from how that animation looked. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I did like and, and respect their decision to change to, to what ultimately became the the finished uh, product, but yeah, I think the, the first one <laughs> would have been funnier. <laughs> have you seen the memes about what Sonic two would have looked like if they didn't change the design? Oh no, I have not. Oh I, my God. I gotta look that up. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. To- uh, uh, Tails looks like, uh, you ever see those like stop, stop motion animation foxes. Like from that, like whatever movie that, yes. that they basically yeah. <laughs> took that fox and put it in Tails' place. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Wow. 
Oh, I gotta, I gotta look at that. I gotta watch. That yeah, definitely do. It's the most beautiful thing ever. That just go and that goes for everybody who uh, who's listening. If you have not seen that picture, it is the best thing and worst thing you will ever fucking see in your life. Just go check it out. Uh, but in the meantime, Gary, thank you so much, Gary Brents, right here on the Metal Robot Podcast for Gone Mage. Anything you want to shout out? Now is the time to do it. Hey, first of all, uh, thank you for having me, and also thank you to all of my fans and listeners, um, old fans and new fans uh, alike. You know, thank you for the support over the years. Um, couldn't do it without you. Um, yeah, thank you. I'm gonna start putting like emotional piano music over that. That was so wholesome. <laughs> that was, <laughs> I think that's the most wholesome like shout out I've ever had on this podcast. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. How do I feel about this? <laughs> How does one feel about <laughs> so wholesome? Well, <laughs> while I process that emotion, Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. It was fun. It was a blast. Thanks again. That was Gary Brents of Gone Mage. The album is Master of Disgust. It's available on Bandcamp and as well on streaming services. The upcoming album is Handheld Demise as well, due out September 30th of this year. If blackened grindcore chiptunes are your very oddly specific niche, go pre-order it on his Bandcamp. Okay, let's get ready for that final send-off. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. The encore performance of The Reign of Fire has begun, so while that's happening, let's end off with what's coming up on the show next time. We're going to be back next week, this coming weekend, with Alan Cross. His website is a journalofmusicalthings.com. He's the host of the ongoing History of New Music podcast and radio show on 102.1 The Edge out of Toronto. If you haven't checked out his stuff, you should totally do so. The guy knows his shit, so I'm very humbled to have him on the show. In the meantime, though, thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet YouTube Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram at The Dot Metal Robot. You can also check out everything Metal Robot on TheMetalRobot.com for videos, podcasts, press, and so much more. A special thanks to co-producer Anna for being a part of the spinning wheels of vengeance on this show. That's an odd way to describe it, but thanks for being part of the team. I'm Tom McKay. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night. Thank you.